As we turn to your word, we ask, please, that you would help us to hear your voice and to understand with greater clarity who Jesus is and why he is worthy of our trust. Help us, please, so that we might serve him in life. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Our passage uh, this evening is going to help us to take a close look at Jesus, his identity and his authority. And that is going to be really helpful, especially for anyone who's trying to work out why Jesus matters to life. I want us to start uh, with a thought, and this is particularly for those of us who would say they're already following Jesus. I want you to think of a situation where you are trying to tell others the good news about Jesus. Now, that's quite a daunting question at the start. I, in a sense, feel that I'm always starting over in this, uh, uh, with evangelism, with, with speaking to others about Jesus, because it is just so hard. The challenge to do that is uh, a hard one. So maybe uh, tonight you're thinking, yep, that is something I need to get going on as a disciple of Jesus. Or or maybe tonight you you need a word of encouragement because the challenge is actually to keep doing this. You've been plugging away, but actually it's got really hard. You see, sometimes talking to others about Jesus, it's a real joy. But other times we encounter opposition and rejection. So I want us at the outset to try and fix in our minds a situation uh, uh, where we've been trying to do this with others. We need encouragement from God's word for this topic to stay on mission with Jesus. And it comes in these verses tonight as we look closely at who Jesus is, his identity and his authority. We're joining the disciples as they actually go on mission with Jesus. It started last week. If you look back to verse 23, the episode before tonight's reading, we can see that they got into the boat with Jesus and they were no longer in the boat going on mission with Jesus when uh, they faced a terrible storm and Jesus delivered them from a furious storm simply by speaking. And it left them at the end of that episode, asking, verse 27, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They are amazed at what they have just seen Jesus do. It's a fairly incredible thought. Sort of get used to this type of thing. That's just what Jesus does. It's quite incredible what Matthew is claiming here. And as they land uh, from the crossing, they get to the other side, verse 28, they they meet an incredibly spooky situation. 
Um, Verse 28, when he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, it says, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. Fairly spooky. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? The question the disciples were asking, what kind of man is this? Is sort of hanging in the air in the background. And now we have an answer as Matthew um, relates what the demon-possessed men or the demons said. They recognized Jesus as the Son of God. And so for the disciples and for us as readers, we're getting the answer here as Matthew tries to put before us evidence to prove the identity of Jesus. He is the Son of God. This is our first point Simply, Jesus is the Son of God. And as we go through Matthew's gospel again and again, this is his claim about Jesus. He uh, is giving us evidence in this section to explain the incredible authority that Jesus demonstrates. And he wants us to see here that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. That's why we've called the sermon series, God Came Down. When God came down, Matthew's claim, the claim of Christianity, is that God came into this world in the person of his Son, God came down appearing in person. If you are uh, any sort of film buff, you may know that uh, the great director, Alfred Hitchcock, had a habit of appearing in his own movies. So you would often just see him walking across a scene in the background or sitting somewhere. He'd be getting onto a bus or he'd be sitting on a train. You would just get a, a, a brief glimpse of him. He would come from the director's chair and step in to the movie and show himself. He would appear in person. And Matthew's claim is that God has done that in time and history. He has come into this world and walked on this earth in the person of Jesus. So that we might know what God is like. If you are here tonight and in any way trying to understand God or would describe yourself as a seeker, then it is with Jesus that you must start your investigation to focus on him and to understand who he is. He is presented here to us in the Bible and by Matthew in this gospel as the son of God. And as such, 
is completely worthy of our worship. So that's where we start. Jesus is being presented as the Son of God, recognized as the Son of God. But our second point is this. Jesus demonstrates authority over evil. Jesus demonstrates authority over evil. How will Jesus cope as he is met by these two demon-possessed men? This is supernatural opposition supernatural opposition, so violent that no one could pass that way. But it is the demons who are fearful. Verse 29, again, they say, have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? You see, they recognized Jesus as the Son of God, but they weren't expecting him to see him now on that day. They knew they would meet him one day, in the future, on a judgment day. But now Jesus stands in front of them and they're fearful. And they, they look for an escape. And as, now that we are introduced to a large herd of pigs. And if things weren't spooky and strange already, they're about to get a bit more spooky and strange. We have a large herd of pigs, Matthew says, feeding at a distance, happily grazing. This is normal piggy behavior. And the demons, they begged Jesus, verse 31. If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, go. And with a word, they're just driven out. Something happens. And the pigs, the whole herd, rush down the steep bank and die in the water. Now, you can only imagine the effect in the area and the region as this story travels. Gadarean nursery rhymes would have been changed. Do you know the one about this little piggy? Went to market. This little piggy stayed at home. This little piggy had roast beef. But all these little piggies rushed down the bank into the water and were died. Okay, maybe not. But there is a danger as we go through this that we will stop and be distracted by the pigs and what happens to them. It is strange. But this here is visual proof, demonstration of what Jesus has done in this miracle, demonstrating what has happened to the evil spirits, to the demons. Yesterday, um, I was here and Moses was working outside and uh, he was demonstrating to me the power of the church jet hose cleaner. So we stood at the side of the wall, a dirty wall, clean wall, just blasted away, the dirt just driven out, simples. I want to get one for bath time with the kids. Driven out. 
Jesus here demonstrates his absolute total authority over this opposition that no one else could get past. Jesus alone demonstrates authority over evil. As in the previous episode with the furious storm, the threat here of evil opposition is simply dismissed. Now, why does this matter? Well, in a couple of chapters' time, Jesus is going to send his disciples out on mission with his authority. And so now, this demonstration, while they are on mission with Jesus, they get to see firsthand the extent of Jesus' authority. How opposition can be dismissed and overcome. Now, even the opposition of demons will not stand in the way of Jesus and his mission. So having this will increase their confidence, knowing that Jesus has authority over evil. They then know that there is no greater force or opposition that Jesus is greater than any force or opposition that they will face. But before we move on from this point, it's worth just recognizing too that there's great comfort here to see what Matthew tells us Jesus can do as he drives out evil. We're being shown that, that Jesus here is the one promised in the reading in Genesis, where it mentions a serpent crusher, one who will defeat the devil one day, who will destroy the works of the devil. And as we go on in Matthew, we will find that, that Jesus has come to die on the cross, and it's through his work of dying on the cross and then his resurrection that the devil is defeated and sent on the run. So that, so that evil and demonic forces will not have the last word in the life of Jesus, his people. This is great news. And we should get a taste of that in our story. These men have been living in the tombs and they've been delivered from that. They've been restored, surely, back to their families. No longer are these evil spirits a threat to anyone in that region. This is the work that Jesus does. It's a glimpse of the world that we all want and long for when evil and pain saddens us. But as the news spreads in verse 33, the, the, those tending the pigs ran off into the town and reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. We have this strange ending. Verse 34, then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. This, is, this is, brings us to our, our, our final point, which is simply this. Many still reject Jesus. 
That is what happened then. And we need to understand this for going on mission. It's a strange response by this town. Given the apparent good that has been done, there's no rejoicing, there's no praising of God. But rather they plead. And that echoes the actions of the demons who begged to get away from Jesus. They plead for Jesus to leave. They are acting like the demons. They're effectively saying, we preferred things the way they were before you showed up. Please, Jesus, just leave us alone. We'd rather not have you around. How sad. Jesus has come there to bless them, and they're asking him to leave. But of course, that is what we experience when people are told about Jesus. When we try to encourage people to consider who Jesus is, and they don't see, they can respond like this. And so there's an encouragement right here at the end to anyone looking at Jesus, don't be like these town folk. Don't reject him. Welcome him. Investigate him. Try to understand more about him. It seems like quite a strange note to end a sermon on this last heading. Many still reject Jesus. But it is this that prepares the disciples for future mission, when they will encounter that some will believe, but many will not. And that's valuable for us to know tonight. Mission will be like this, so let's not be surprised. We see in this section that people do respond to Jesus, but we also see that many do not So as we return to the situations that we thought of at the start, about trying to make a start with people, telling them about Jesus, where it's been really hard, but we we sense that this is something we need to get going on, or where we've experienced opposition and we want to keep going, where we start to sense sudden opposition or frustration when we feel blocked, and our attempts seem to come to nothing. Where, where this week we might, as Christians, f- face jeers and jokes and sarcasm um, about our Christian faith. Or where um, those we're trying to meet up with will, will just suddenly cancel or put us off. Or we'll, we'll meet, but there just seems to be no spiritual appetite. Or it's a flat shut up. I don't want to hear about it. Then we need to come back to these verses and to not despair. To not despair. So here's how I'm trying to use these verses, what I'm trying to do this week, facing this challenge with you. I'm going to try and come back to God's word so that what I'm told about Jesus gives me confidence 
for the mission. And what I see in these verses means that I'm not surprised when I face opposition. And what I'm going to try and do is ask him to help me to stay on mission. That we do that this week. That we ask him to help us to get started and to keep going. Let's pray for that now. Father, please, from your word, would you give us clarity about Jesus? Help us to grow in our understanding of who he is and to see why he matters and why he is to be trusted. Please increase our confidence that he is the Son of God, that all authority even authority over all the evil forces of the world belong to him. And so please may this equip us for mission that we would be ready to seek to get started with his help, knowing that he goes with us as we try to tell others about him. Help us, we pray, for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.